Want a great way to recognize your employees? Check out Custom Inc. Have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers? Custom Inc. can do that too. And wouldn't your team love some custom gear? Custom Inc. is ready. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Plus, everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Wednesday, 6.02 p.m. on the 21st day of September. No, I gotta gotta get in there with the uh, the song <laughs> on this day, but I appreciate you guys. Welcome in. It is time for a little bit of Mile High Insiders. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Luke Patterson. Luke, how you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling a little ornery because uh, the Broncos mm-hmm. have been getting so much hate this week, man, yeah. on Twitter, on Facebook, all, all up on Pat McAfee, one of my favorite shows. I mean, anywhere you look, the Broncos are getting some hate, somewhat deservingly so, but I'm a little ornery. I'm a little fired up. I'm a little abrasive. So if I attack another fan base, yeah. do not be surprised. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like I can't remember the meme, but it's like, oh, man. We talk so much shit, you know, like now we look like idiots. <laughs> like, why? Right. No. Um, totally. Yeah. I mean, you're one on one. You're tied for fourth place in the AFC. And thank God uh, your season is not determined after the first two games of the season. I mean, the last two Super Bowl winners, I think, lost week one, two. They would have been at best one one also. So everything the Broncos still want to accomplish is in front of them. They are excruciatingly injured already this season. So that's something we'll get into as well. The injury to p- report today was. Unfortunate. I guess the positive is that there's only been one that is for long term uh, for the season and Tim Patrick, but an extremely dinged up team already through two weeks. So we'll get into that. Uh, let's say hello to some people in here. Diamond Rattler saying, yeah, national media has been tearing us limb from limb this week. And hello to you, Diamond. He also says Hackett credited general manager George Payton, assistant general manager Dar- Darren Moogie for help on operations and decision work this week. Uh oh, it's just using his resources. I don't know if that's an uh oh. I think this is a. Uh, a positive yeah. thing. I mean, if there's anybody I trust in this organization right now, it's George Payton. He's been the one who's been touching stuff that's made it gold. 
Hell yeah. Diamond Rattler, thanks for joining us, man. First one in the room as usual. 5'10", baby, looking sharp. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good thing too. George Payton, one of the most effective things you can do as a leader, and Nick, you know this, in any line of work, whether this be talking football, you're at the office, you're in the garage, you're at the warehouse, whatever you're doing, effective leaders empower their team. And that's one thing that you see George Payton do uh, all across the board. Do not be surprised when assistant general manager Darren Moogie is hired to be a GM next year. Uh, these things are already these wheels are already in motion, if you will. Uh, There's some rumors that offers were already turned down and stuff like that. But look, Nathaniel Hackett, the big question of the week and our guy Keith wrote about it on milehighhuddle.com is, is Nathaniel Hackett going to delegate some of this power, some of the play calling? And at least for now, he wants to keep it. But Nick, when you've got these decisions to make as a head coach and you can't even get all of your special teams unit on the field, the delay of games, I have never seen a crowd base count down the the clock, the play clock. Uh, in football. Just bizarre stuff. Yeah, mm. in football. I mean, in basketball, sure, maybe the shot clock at the last second if it's a final game or final four, something like that. But it's a bizarre overreaction, I think, that we're all kind of having these first two weeks because you said it best, man. They're one and one. They're tied second in the AFC West right now. The Raiders don't even have a freaking win, okay? Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert's banged up. Thank God your quarterback isn't hurt if you're the Denver Broncos. And you're still after those Chiefs. So the 49ers are coming into town. It's an emotional week, Nick, because the Shanahans are in town. And Kyle is always kind of going to be looked at what if the Broncos hired Kyle Shanahan. Maybe they will one day. Who knows? Uh, but it's certainly an emotional time. Certainly is an emotional time. A lot of uh, questions right now with Broncos country with the head coach, but I think we are making a lot of it and that we're going to really find out about, uh, we're going to find out about Nathaniel Hackett's ability to tune things out, you know, batting down the hatches, really focus on what his job is and uh, tune out the noise. That's really important this week because there's always going to be haters. There's going to be doubters. I mean, there's that in your own local media. Now you have the national media on you as well. Yep. This is the double-edged sword of having Russell Wilson, the expectations, a fan base that is not only expects, but demands uh, not only competency, but a good team, a prestigious team. So uh, it's tough, but you're one of 32 in the world. You're making big money. This is the stage you, you knew what it was when you signed up for it. So hopefully he figures it out here, but man, I don't, we can be critical of him, but not say that it's over, which feels like no. piling on him and piling yeah. on him. It's yeah, it's, it's just literally beating a dead horse. Phil McLaughlin coming yeah. in. What's up, Phil? Appreciate all your support on all of the shows throughout our MHH platform. Good evening, Luke, Nick, and the Deacon. Go Broncos. Hashtag mile high huddle for life. The Deacon. Is that a new one for Scott? Obviously, I don't know about that one yet. Story time with Nick. Talk to me about the Deacon. I don't know about the Deacon. Uh, let's maybe that is Scott. I'm I, I like it though. Uh, all right, the Demon you... Deacons, Wake Forest. That's Ooh, that's about all right. It. All right, the Deacon. I like it. Phil, be sure to follow up with us if you'd like to reach out to Scout Kennedy. Please do that on uh, on Twitter. That's at Scout Kennedy for Scott. Nick's at Nick Kendall MHH. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. Our guy. Dylan Von Arks has been throwing it down on MHH.com, specifically in the power rankings. Be sure to read that article he's got up right now. Sup, Broncos country? Make sure you hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you have not already. Go Broncos. We've got our good friend Paul in the house saying hello to Nick, Luke, and Scott. Um, Dom, I wanted to be sure to get to Dom as well. Chatted with Dom a little bit after the show. Dom, good evening. Uh, good evening, Luke, Nick, Scott, and Broncos country. I can't wait till Sunday night. It's going to be a dogfight. Denver Broncos for life. Um, yeah, the 49ers are coming in town. Sunday night football. 
I mean, this is the Man. second primetime game of the year, and we're in week three. I mean, my, 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 how things have changed. The Broncos are going to have a chance to right some of those wrongs that they had in week one for the all the national media to see. And, Nick, something I wanted to ask you before we get into it too much, do you believe in, like, honor code of the locker room? Do you believe, like, you know, if if s- things need to be kept quiet from, from the media, if – side things need to be placed away then that is just for players just for the locker room or do you think hey anything goes say what you got to say i think there is a code of conduct between the players in the locker room but at the same time you need to represent yourself and your side of things as an individual because you're only there for so long and you're only in the league for so long so as uh dark as this sounds you got to watch out for number one first and foremost yeah uh but totally. after that um you have to think about the stuff you don't want to isolate anybody on the team or pile on anybody on the team because you have to have those guys back as much as yourself, as long as you're protecting your back at the same time. So I ask you that question for two reasons. One being my list just dropped an article talking about how things might be shaky right now, but all of the Broncos have each other's back from the players to the coaches. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of anger, a whole lot of panic. If you will, Russell Wilson said it today. I feel excited. I'm not concerned. Um, so that makes me wonder a little bit. Okay. Well, Things must be good because there's not a mutiny yet. It's not like Vic Fangio where players are talking to local and national media off the record uh, saying we don't like Vic Fangio and we've got these hit reports coming out, stuff like that. Well, then you got Richard Sherman with his own podcast kind of laying some stuff out there. And uh, Initially, I had a fan reaction where I'm like, man, how are you going to be talking smack about Russ? I don't really think he was talking smack about Russ. He more or less said Russ got preferential treatment. I don't know if you got to see that on Twitter, just a yeah. couple of the clips. And it's like, well, yeah, you're, you're probably right. He's the franchise quarterback to Peyton Manning get the preferential Sorry, yeah. treatment, you know, like this Tom Brady, Tom Brady didn't show up training camp. Right. And we got all this stuff about Giselle. So I start to wind that back a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh, Richard Sherman, the things I could say about you. Um, but I digress. It's week two, week three, and the Broncos mm-hmm. have a ton of opportunity to get better. Garth Knight weighing in with a $5 super chat. Thank you very much, Garth. I love that name. The only thing that compares to the assault on Hackett is urban last season, but urban mm-hmm. Meyer was much more deserving of the onslaught along with John Gruden, man. Yeah, that's tough, man. I, I don't want to ever put Nathaniel Hackett's name in that conversation with those two right now, because it's, it's non relevant. I get your point Garth and we appreciate your sport here at MHI, but man, this guy's just lost a football game. That's all he's done when you start to look at it really. And yes, there have been lazy, irresponsible answers, on press conference quotes, Nick, I know you've read and heard and seen those as well, but uh, I think Nathaniel Hackett, for all intensive purposes. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner is authentic mm. yeah no, absolutely and uh it's been two games uh broncos have left a lot of points on the field but you can calm down a lot of these fires if you come out on sunday and compete and you know you don't even have to blow out the 49ers doing that would obviously help a lot but if you win ugly i, I guess we can pick up this moniker now because lord knows the franchise that came up with it doesn't use it anymore just win, baby. I don't care if it's ugly or not. I mean, <laughs> Raiders aren't using it. That's for damn sure. Uh, oh, they're dude. just choke, baby. God, it's talk about. I mean, if, the fact that we're piling on Hackett so much when this isn't the team that blew a 20 point lead against the Cardinals that probably have the worst single performance of the year so far against the Chiefs. So, uh, this team's still very talented. I think that's another reason that Hackett's getting so much blame, though. I mean, you watch the Raiders, their offensive line is horrible. You watch the Raiders, their back seven is terrible. The defensive tackles, bad. This Broncos team won last week more so because of the raw talent they have on the roster than the coaching. Uh, and so they got to pick it up and get better there. No doubt. I think that they're going to clean it up some. We'll find out though. I mean, there's a lot with Hackett right now. It's, I would say unfair to him, uh, a, a somewhat unjust. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to be under the spotlight, but it's it feels like piling on at this point. Uh, so I feel like maybe even yesterday was a little bit harsh on him Monday morning or Tuesday morning, a little bit, you know, like what's going on What the hell. And now I'm like, okay, it's been two games. It's not like he's out there, you know, calling a punt on third down. You know, it's there's been mistakes, right. but th they're correctable. No doubt about that. Ashley coming in. Mile high, hello, ladies. Good to see Ashley Watson says, hey, Broncos country. I know the Broncos need to clean up a lot, like we're saying, but the fans were worse than the hecklers. Give it time. Hashtag let's chill. Mm. I honestly didn't mind the uh, the counting down at the end. I thought it was kind of funny, and it was a very clever way to, you know, like, sneer jeer your team if you will you know like this is four delay of games already and every single one is coming down to the wire and it feels like it's rushed like panicked even so uh and diego coming in saying the counting helps i mean <laughs> i i preferred that to the booing uh i probably yeah. would have booed on the when they had the delay of game on the kick and then had to punt i mean that's just you took points off the board in a close game in the nfl you're not playing it's not alabama versus mcnee's state out there where you're going to absolutely blow the doors off them this is the nfl you cannot do that and the margins are so small coaches can't it's unacceptable at this level i don't care if you're a first time coach it's not like freaking ted lasso over here learning the game for the first time you know you've been in the nfl you should be able to handle some of that stuff but um either way um gotta clean it up fans will turn around if this team is winning and especially a game like the 49ers if you win that one ugly I don't think anybody's going to care that much. It's not like the Texans where you had expectations to kill them. Uh, this is a game where if you come out yeah. with a W, you're going to be happy. Absolutely. And no one apologizes for a win in the NFL. Like, no. that's just it. That's why I was popping off last Sunday. I'm like, look, a win's a win. I'm happy we got it. I'm relieved. On to the next one. And it's just, 
nobody remembers really the scores or how bad the football was the Super Bowl 50 season. All right. And that's with Peyton freaking Manning and a historic defense that rivals one of the best of all time. Uh, Look, it's just how are we going to get there? And my biggest question right now is how did we get here? How did we get to this point where the Broncos and, and Broncos country felt like, oh, we're just a quarterback away from being a championship team now? Right now, no, we have to set up just a little bit. I think most of us here at MHH have said, look, postseason contenders now, today. That's the expectation. Um, They can say, look, it's championship or bust over there. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing. But, look, I think the realistic eyes are set on the postseason. How do we get up with the Chiefs in the division, man? That's what we've got to do here in Denver. And you can do that by still losing some football games and winning some very ugly. Now, when you look at these, the first loss, Seattle, NFC team, let's say San Fran comes in and just absolutely waxes Denver at home. It's going to be embarrassing. It's going to hurt. But it's an NFC loss, something you can afford to take. If you just take a step back and, and just look at things a little bit rationally, uh, it's all about learning. And it's all about, is Russell Wilson really that missing piece that says, we're ready to go right now? I say no. Because it takes time, man. We got so many rookies, Nick. I mean, we got a rookie OC, a rookie head coach, a rookie DC, rookie special teams coach. I mean, new owners for crying out loud. We have no idea what this franchise is going to look like tomorrow, let alone in five years. We're setting up as we speak. Yeah, absolutely. I'll push back a bit on the bringing in the quarterback. It depends on the degree of elite that that quarterback is if Russell Wilson came in and was playing like Aaron Rodgers last season, or let's say the Broncos brought in Rodgers, that is a championship day one, uh, get up and go. I know there's going to be some kinks along the way, but, uh, Russell Wilson, the way he's played so far is more of that, you know, top 10 quarterback versus that top five going to get undoubtedly MVP votes. Now it's been two weeks. The sure. Broncos wide receiver core and pass catchers outside of Cortland Sutton are, borderline rosterable, you know, like your average generic player on Madden that you pick up uh, level of play. No, I guess that's some disrespect to them, but I mean, really we don't No difference makers at tight end or wide receiver outside of Sutton. Once Jerry Judy sure. went down with the injuries. I mean, just the reality of the situation. So uh, at least proven to date. So you're going to have a little bit of limitations there, but uh, we got Merlo coming in saying, hopefully Judy and Sutton will play. Here's a question for you, Luke, based on this uh, comment from Merlo. Thank you very much for contributing in the chat. Uh, he says, uh, Judy and Sutton, which one of these guys do you think is more important for this week three matchup versus the 49ers? PS2, Pat Sertan, cornerback, 100%. Uh, George Payton will be the first one to tell you cornerback's an elite position in this league. Uh, yeah. He loves to say it, but, man, you see the type of playmaker that Pat Sertan is, and to me, that is what this team needs. This defense right now has got to be the strength while this offense gets things together, and they're dealing with injuries, they're dealing with egos, they're dealing with play calling, they're dealing with all kinds of stuff, but at least they're dealing with things together. I say PS2 is more valuable than Jerry Judy right now, and if I'm being completely honest with you guys, Broncos country, outside of Russell Wilson, in my opinion, Pastor Tan is the best player on this football team. Yeah, I, I would say Justin Simmons is the best, but Sertan is the most valuable outside of Russell Wilson. A little bit of nuance there on that one, getting the position fair. value and scarcity and whatnot. Um, we can, Nick D also kind of a question here. Who's more likely to come back this week, Judy or Sertan? Mm-hmm. From what I heard, um, there was concerns in Denver that Sertan's injury was going to be more severe than it turned out to be uh, when they got the test results back. Uh, so I think it's probably much more likely that Judy's going to play this week than Patrick Sertan based on that information that I, the, that I was given. 
Yeah, I'm going to ride with you on that one. I've been a little bit out of it this week with this broken wing, still trying to heal up. So I'm going to ride with your sources on that one. Lawrence Rivera weighing in saying, no, I think we got rid of our true starters, trying to save money and fill in spots with a secondary that doesn't deserve to play. Um, man, that's, I don't know. That's, that's a little tough. You start looking at, like you said, Nick, these, these folks, these players that you need, these first round draft picks from Alabama dropping in the same game, hit the panic button, right? I think we were both there and I saw you tweeting about it and I was there too, man. Like, man, really, this is where we're at. And then you look at the practice report today and that's not terribly exciting. If we're going to be honest, Jerry Judy, Pastor Tan, obviously did not practice. Randy Gregory was held out. DJ Jones on the defensive line. Quinn Miner still healing up and cornerback Darius Phillips. But uh, good news, limited players. Josie Jewell actually practiced on Friday as well. He was limited today along with KJ Hamler and Caden Stearns. And then you got the big boy, Billy Turner, who was practicing in full along with cornerback Kwan Williams. So this could be a get back game for Kwan Williams, former 49er. Maybe we see something from him if he does play. That would be great. Uh, biggest one that concerned me today, hopping up in the injury report, and we'll get in there, uh, was DJ Jones, the ankle injury. You're going to need my boy DJ today, uh, this week against the 49ers. Yeah, that's right. Game. Another get back game. I for- completely yeah. forgot, oh, that's, man. That's the big one uh, for oh, me. Oh, he's a big dog, dude. I yeah. want to order some of his barbecue sauce, so- his dad's barbecue sauce, by the way. Have you seen that, man? Yeah. It looks yep. It looks delicious. Everybody's raving about it. If the old line are eating it, I want it. Yeah, absolutely. And we got <laughs> Phil McLaughlin coming in with the support of the stars saying, I know we have to clean things up, but good Lord, the play calling when it gets off is 1,000 times better than Shermer was over the past few years. Phil, I'm going to be a wet blanket here. I, I think it's probably easy to say right now, but we have seen two games against two pretty mediocre or worse defenses. I mean, last year, if we would have based the whole season off the first three weeks, we'd have thought the Broncos, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's stats were like the best in the league through three weeks, but it turned out that they were paper tigers because they oh. played nobody. We're going to find out a lot this week uh, against the 49ers. And as we just gave gather more data, I enjoy this scheme a lot more. Uh, you have a better quarterback. Um, we need some pass catchers to get healthy. Cortland Sutton, man, he's some of the shots he took last week. I don't know if he can sustain uh, that level of work and uh, brutality, but uh, happy to have Hackett here. And I think the scheme's going to get better. And I think the Broncos right now, 1.5 underdog. If you're guys like me, I think the Broncos going to have, win this game. I really do. I think this is a game that's going to come out. A lot of people are doubting them right now, but they have not been, they're going to clean up a lot of mistakes, I think, and they're going to convert in the red zone more and the defense and run game are going to carry this team. I think we might out 49 or the 49ers in that regard. And if you're like me, you want to put some money on the Broncos this week, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence. It's a show of young guns and the old guard. And nothing makes these matchups more exciting than having skin in the game at my bookie. My bookie has super contests, survivor pools and double deposit bonuses that give you everything you need to secure the bag getting started is simple sign up today and use promo code wilson22 and you'll double your first deposit instantly again that's promo code wilson22 to double your deposit up to a thousand bucks with my bookie this isn't your grandfather's bookie this is my bookie put your money where your mouth is and get rewarded for it begin your winning season today exclusively at my bookie Boom, my bookie has got your back. Yeah, man, here's the thing, too. When you look at the 49ers, you're you're calling them, man, it's, yeah, two-point dogs. That's what the Broncos are at, one-and-a-half, two-point dogs. Yeah, one um, and a half. Man, not bad. An emotional week with the Shanahan's coming in. They get a 20-person suite, Nick. I mean, the Broncos, yeah. they're as classy as an organization comes, right? They spare no expense. 
historically we're going to see with this new ownership group uh but especially these kind gestures when kyle grew up obviously here in denver and san francisco uh the broncos always roll up the the orange carpet i'm going to say that not red this week because of the niners but they roll out the orange carpet for mike kyle's family his mom his kids his wife are going to be there that's a special thing to see but i'm a little concerned about these niners right obviously you got jimmy garoppolo back in the fold the team couldn't be more mm-hmm. thrilled prayers to uh trey lance man that's absolutely brutal but But George Kittle, man, he's been out with a groin injury. He was limited today at 49ers practice. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's old blanket is Bay, and that Bay is tight end uh, George Kittle. Do you think George Kittle's going to go, and do you think he's going to have an impact in this game? Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. He'll probably get an impact, but I feel like, are we sleeping on the other guy in this kind of uh, build here? I know George, and this hurts me to say, because George Kittle, you know, represent Iowa Hawkeyes, tight end you, baby. (laughs) That's what we got on offense here. But Kyle Juszczyk, man, again, those two guys together are dangerous. So want to watch out for them. I think Kittle will still be limited, but he'll be playing. We got Lawrence Rivera coming in with the stars again, saying, how many players did the Broncos cut the last two years due to money? I'm looking at the dead cap for the Broncos right now, and three of the top four dead cap hits that they have are all because of the Russell Wilson trade. You have Shelby Harris going over. You have Drew Locke going over. You have Mm. Noah Fant going over. The only guy right now dead cap wise that the Broncos are taking a substantial hit on is Juwan James. And everything that's already (laughs) needs to be said about Juwan James has been said. So we'll leave it at that. But uh, there's Scott Scott as well. So um, I guess the big one is maybe letting Bryce Callahan go uh, because he did not sign a big contract and you could use some depth there. But I really like the way Demari Mathis played this last week. Uh, you could have picked up. Ooh. I think Bryce Callahan was signed after the draft. Uh, so I think getting Mathis maybe changed that plan a bit. And he looked like he belonged at worst. I think a solid cornerback three option for you going forward. And mm-hmm. we'll get Ojemudia back at some point. You still have hope with him given the tools and the draft pedigree. And uh, we st- Carl and I talked last night, stock up, stack down. Uh, Ronald Darby has been awesome these first two weeks. He's been really good. So cornerback's yeah. still a worry long-term. Uh, we'll see what it looks like with Sertan going against teams with better weapons, uh, especially this 49ers team. The Broncos, we saw a great tack- tackle with Mathis this last week uh, to the left side against uh, Damian Pierce. If yep. Mathis has to start this week on the boundary, bring your big boy pants because you're going to mm. have to tackle the likes of Debo Samuel and Brandon. I space uh, some 
they Wide love the reverse. Like backs. Yeah, they love reverses, space. handoffs, everything, man. Kyle Shanahan finds a way to get his playmakers yeah. the ball, and I'm good with it. Mm. Nathaniel Hackett, can we give it to the running backs for crying out loud? You know, I'm not a fan of Melvin Gordon, but I'm campaigning for that man to get the ball right now. I mean, somebody keep this running game going. Commentators from last week were all but screaming it, saying Pookie's out there getting 6.7 yards per carry, and we're just going, ah, we'll see you later. I can't stand it. Broncos country's done with it. This is a franchise that loves to run the ball. They've got to get back to that if they're going to beat Kyle Shanahan because there's one thing we know about Kyle. Cal, he loves to run the hell out of the ball, and he will get you. Garth Knight coming in with another $5 super. Appreciate you so much, Garth. I'm going to do the win-win thing at the book and take the Niners for 100 on the money line, hoping I'm paying for a win, but consoled a little on a loss. I love it, Garth. Get on over to my bookie, man. I, that's an interesting take, dude. I like it. Smart. We that's got some smart fans in here. That's called the Scott Kennedy special, I think. Uh, <laughs> the Deacon. That's the Deacon, man. <laughs> the Deacon double, if you will. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, we got some uh, people coming in. K-Hop saying, Nick is smooth. Need to learn from him. Not much to learn. Um, just have fun with it. Uh, Quentin, in the, Quentin W is in the house saying, what's up, guys? Go Broncos. Good to see you, Quentin. Always appreciate you. We got Rodney Garcia in the house saying, evening, Luke, Nick, and Scott. What was your guys' input on the grade the NFL gave DJ Jones? He was pretty solid against the Texans. I think he's talking about pro football focus. I don't know. Pro football focus was smoking on that one. Uh, gave him like a grade of 40. Uh, he wasn't as dominant as he was against the Seahawks, but he was echelons better than the likes of Mike Purcell and especially uh, Williams on the defensive line right now, who's been really disappointing for me. 99, you see him getting pushed around. I think I saw a stat that uh, this was a football outsider stat where the gap where Deshaun Williams is playing right now, teams are having a run success rate of 85% and everywhere else on the offensive line, they're having 40% or less. They're targeting number 99 mm -hmm. in the run game right now. Um, and he's getting beat at the point of attack pretty consistently. So uh, I don't know what they're going on with DJ Jones's uh, grade. Maybe they'll go back and switch it. Maybe he didn't pay PFF enough. I don't know. Um, the grades are just kind of a, what does it say? It's a guideline, uh, whatever yeah, it is. A, it's not the truth. It's just a guideline. It's a resource. And it's nice when you go yeah. back and you're rewatching the film, and especially for anybody that's trying to learn how to watch film, chart plays, things like that. Use as many resources as you can. There's a great book out there that got me started on it five, six years ago. Pat Kerwin, take your eye off the ball. And they're like all these different versions of it. Go get yourself a copy and you'll, these grades will make a little bit more sense. When I'm watching Big Boy in the, in the middle and I'm talking about Jones. I absolutely love the attention he commands, the double teams. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to see more penetration, absolutely. But, yeah, I'm really disappointed in, in my guy, big number 99 right now. I, I Conditioning. I'm seeing we're very tired out there. Our hands on our hips. Uh, it's killing me a little bit, and I think he, these guys are getting their conditioning. The first few weeks, no one wants to say it, but I'll go ahead and say it. They are because they don't play in the preseason. Heck, mm -hmm. training camp's not really intense either, folks. You were out there last year, guys. You tell me what you saw. It, it wasn't the dog days of summer like we remember back in Greeley with the Shanahans. Benjamin Flores coming in saying, Howdy, men. I'm nervous about this weekend, but with the defense playing well, we might just pull out a win. Nick, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the defense. We just got done yeah. talking about a couple D linemen. Um, are you with Ben? Do you think the, the defense is going to carry us here against the Niners, or is Russ and this offense going to get it together? I think the defense is going to have to do a lot of the work still early on, and just talked about it with Carl last night, talked about it with Scott. But before we get into that, Andrew Baker with the Stars coming in to support, a consistent supporter of the show. We really appreciate you, Andrew, saying, sub MHI and fam, what is most needed to fix to win on Sunday? Just clean it up, man. Uh, convert in the red zone, 
Most yeah, needed. Penalties. I got it. Yeah, penalties. Hands down. This is, uh, I think, Cliss threw out a tweet out yeah. there saying Hockley is going to ref this game, and Hockley loves his laundry. He'll be doing yeah. his laundry all Sunday night. Watch out for those flags. That's got to be it for me. It really does because, man, these are just stupid, embarrassing things. We talked about the punt returner not being yeah. out there. We talk about the playcock. We talk about all these things, illegal formations, all this kind of stuff. And sure, I guess that's why the Broncos are getting some of this hate that they're getting nationally and kind of being looked at as a laughing stock. But the joke is on you if you're clowning the Broncos right now. I'm going to tell you why. Because the Broncos have been a joke the last six years. If you're showing up today in 2022 saying, ha, ah, the Broncos are a joke, where you been the last six years? Because things are actually turning around. You got a one-on-one start. They're second place in the AFC West. Calm down. My guest coming in here saying not feeling too good about the Broncos offense. <laughs> I hope they can surprise me kind of going along with this defensive theme. And I think you guys are right. And I, I, Nick, I kind of subscribe to your theory. This defense, man, has got to be the strength right now because they played together longer. They have a little bit more synergy, but I do wonder sometimes about defensive coordinator Ivaro, uh, Ivaro, Ivaro, uh, man, sometimes he looks a little bit like a fish out of water. And then other times, He's got that defense firing. So I feel like the defense has got to be the strength. What say you? Defense is a strength along with the the running game uh, so far. And that's a combination to win. You almost have to wonder if there's too much uh, pressure to let Russ cook and not, you know, let 100%. Russ set the table um, some, which I get, you know, <laughs> you brought him in here to be the MVP and you want him to have input and everything. But when the run game is that effective going on, make them stop it. And once they have to allocate numbers to the box to stop it that's when everything opens up for you you know whatever's working don't get too fancy here uh you're getting what six yards of carry with javante lambs i understand that the interior of the offensive line specifically is not at least from what i can see from watching the tape not really getting the job done in the ground game uh comparatively to some of the tackles and whatnot and the running backs getting a lot of the yards i don't think the broncos i need to look at the stat here but if there's the pro our football outsiders does the yards after contact per carry and yards before contact per carry. And I think the Broncos mm-hmm. are like number one in football right now in yards after contact per carry, which means the running backs are the ones getting it done. It's not the offensive line right now, which is not what you want specifically <laughs> the interior uh, once Quinn Miners went out. But uh, can, can you tell Nathaniel Hackett that, that they're number one? Because I just, for the love of, of God, I mean, they're just going away from the run. I think to go away from the run, uh, yeah. you look at that touchdown to would have been touchdown to Cortland Sutton. Uh, everyone's favorite player, Kendall hitting out there as well. Would have been touchdown. Um, Russ is chalking those up like, man, those are good things today out there. And while I love Russ, I disagree completely because they did not translate to points on the board. Uh, that's when you need Russ to say, we need to run the ball here. And I don't care about ego. I don't care about any of that. I care about winning and I care about points. That's what this business is. So if you want to attack that to his corniness or whatever, go for it. But that's when you need Russell Wilson to say, Hey, QB sneak time. Let's go. Hey, fullback handoff. ISO let's go because things have got to change. Kathy Lund never changing, always supporting us here on MHI saying she is loving watching some Randy Gregory play obviously new Denver Bronco and was a big toy a big defensive pickup as we talk defensive side of the ball what do you make of Randy Gregory in his first two weeks had in my opinion a very low game against the Seahawks I know you were okay with him but then he must have heard me Nick he must watch MHI because he came out firing on all cylinders last week I was super not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. We're happy to see Randy Gregory in the mix. I know that they're holding him as a limited player in practice, but what's your impression just two weeks in? The Broncos got five guys on the defensive line that are plus players right now, which is a far cry from last year where you had one and a half to two um, when after you traded Von Miller. Bradley Chubb has been great the first few weeks right now. It does have some work to do in containing the edge. I thought he got beat a little bit, maybe not as much of a worry this week. Now you're going from Jimmy G to uh or from Trey Lance to Jimmy G, which I thought Trey Lance was looking really good that first couple drives there and went out. I know everybody's, I guess now that Trey Lance is out, they need a new whipping boy, and that's Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett getting all the vitriol. But uh, we'll see how it plays out this week. Um, but defensive line, I think five guys have been playing as plus players right now. You got Gregory's been awesome. Bradley Chubb has been really good. Draymond Jones last week was really good. And then uh, DJ Jones as well. I don't care what PFF said about that grade. I don't know what they're talking about. Baron Browning too. Uh, been awesome yep. as that third. He played as a starter in the first game while Randy Gregory was kind of coming back into action last week. He started to move. I think he had less snaps than uh, Gregory did. So those five together got me really excited. Uh, do you have some questions about the secondary with injuries starting to mount up there? The linebacker core, I think just, is what it is. I think a lot of people getting upset about the linebacker core, but the Broncos have given up. What is it? 10 points and 17 points over two games so far for the third lowest points per game average. I know that's not the best teams, but even without your starting linebacker uh, out there, you are not getting killed uh, by playing a backup level player at the linebacker position. So overall, I think it's working out pretty good on the defense. I can't talk out of both sides of my mouth though. We have not played two great offenses so far. We're going to find out as we play some more teams here and hopefully get a little more healthy in the back seven. I was pleasantly surprised with Alex Singleton. Uh, man, I think he had a real good chance that week one game against the Seahawks, obviously, for that. I think it was going to be a quick sack, um, but something happened and just didn't work out. But he had a horrible rest of the game. I thought he answered back really, really well. It was cool today to see that he spent his off day volunteering as an ambassador for a Down syndrome walk and a volunteer program here in Denver. That was really, really cool. Something that's yeah. very important to uh, the Broncos fan base and our whole 
state, our whole country, things like that. Beautiful to see those type of things. And then Russell Wilson visiting children's hospitals, stuff like that is very important for me to mention because it's important to know that there's a lot more in life than what happens on Sundays. Obviously, we're junkies about it, but to see these guys use their platforms means a lot. I know we try to do it when we can, if we can, with you because of you. So thank you, MHH fam. Andrew Baker coming in. I think fans undermine the good things because of the hype we've had this season, but when does this team pop off? I absolutely love it. I think that's a reasonable comment and question um the hype is here man because all of a sudden you're wandering the desert and we found not just water but a whole gorge a waterfall we're all of a sudden we can't drink enough water and getting russell wilson here and then one game is lost full panic mode national tv this is horrible ugly win oh no incompetent coaching can hack hack it out in denver i mean all these things seem a bit premature but andrew's got a point when is this team expected to, to pop off? I mean, you don't want your team to peak early, but when do you want them to at least get in gear? You know what? I think the way this team is built right now uh, with a lot of the high difficulty throws that Russell Wilson is making that needs to be made and how the run game and defense is just, and the self-inflicted wounds. This is a team that I'm not sure is going to quote pop off this season End quote on our pop off end quote on that. I think it's going to be much more of a, a lot of the games are going to be ugly winning wise fist fights and with the defense, the way it is the run game, the way it is uh, that's just going to be how it is. And I guess if you go in and you, let's say go into Arrowhead and beat Kansas city, but only beat them by two, is that popping off to me? It is um, because I think yeah. you, can, you can do that, but that's not like, you know, beating a team 45 to 10. I just, I don't know if they have the makeup for that, especially with their injuries on the pass catching. I mean, you, is KJ Hamler ever going to be hundred percent this season? I don't know. Last year, Jerry Judy got hurt and he wasn't the same the whole rest of the season. Uh, Greg Dulcich, who is going to be probably your tight end one entering this year. Hasn't played very much. Might be back week five, but he's a tight end. So you're really uh, limited in your pass catching weapons right now. So I just, I think the offense itself is going to be somewhat limited uh, in that regard. Need the offensive line to get a little bit better, need the defense to get healthy. And that's, that seems like the makeup of this team for this season unfortunately, with how injuries have stacked up in the pass-catching department. Don't panic, Broncos country. There's a whole lot of football to come. You're watching MHI with Nick Kendall at Nick Kendall MHH. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. And then if you'd like to read out, reach out to Scott, he's going to be at Scout Kennedy. Um, please get on over to the mothership, milehighhuddle.com on Twitter. That's at milehighhuddle. And Rodney Garcia, triceps, our guy weighing in. I'm not sure if anyone noticed, but I feel that Cam Fleming has been doing very well so far. It's going to be a test against Bosa. Rodney, I'm right there with you, man. I think Cam Fleming has played. He's exceeded my expectations. I'm not saying let's go ink him up. He's the right tackle of the future or even the rest of the year. Now that Billy Turner is practicing in full, I expect him to get some action. But man, that's kind of tough, right? If you're looking at it on the offensive line, do you want to go with the guy that's got the live reps for at least two weeks heading into week three? Or do you want to take your one-year rental the revolving door that is the right tackle with Billy Turner this year around uh, cold? No reps at all. Not hardly any training training camp. Zero. I was there. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? I, I would play Cam Fleming. I really would. I think Rodney's right. You have not played a pass rusher the level of I know <laughs> of uh, Nick Bosa yet. Bosa. That could make night and day difference right now. I mean, the best you've gone up against right there for Cam Fleming has been Darnell Taylor and Jonathan Greenard uh, out there. So I think you might see a different thing here. You might. Uh, give up a little bit of the run blocking from Cam Fleming in favor of 
pass protection for Billy Turner to protect uh, Russell Wilson long-term because while a bad run blocking play can stymie a drive, a bad pass blocking play can end your season uh, when your quarterback gets hit there or end a game. Um, so sure. want to watch for that. But the way Cam Fleming has worked in the run game specifically, I'm curious and let's just call it as it is the struggles of uh, Graham Glasgow, Lloyd Cushenberry and Dalton rising on the interior. Maybe you'll see Cam Fleming get some work at uh, one of the guard spots uh, at some point this season, just because he is getting a lot of push at the point of attack. And that's something, one of the reasons the Broncos maybe aren't running the ball running from shotgun right now is because they don't trust that interior trio to get that push against the loaded box at the point of attack in those inches yards to go situation seems to be the case so far, uh, which maybe they're overthinking themselves given the numbers that Javante Williams has, but I don't know, man. I just, I don't think they are very, they have a lot of hype and talk about Lloyd Cushenberry entering the season. Uh, but I don't think that uh, has matched the plan. I think that there's a little bit of disappointment uh, in Dove Valley about him. Uh, yeah, I agree. I just wish they would get more of a chance because I really don't feel like injuries aside. I mean, I don't feel like the offensive line is doing a bad job right now. They need to do much better. Um, I guess if I were going to give them a grade, I'd give them like a C. And just kind of average hanging in there. Need to clean it up. Russ isn't getting slaughtered or anything like that. But you're also seeing a running back in Javante Williams, who Nick, you mentioned earlier, he's absorbing contact like he does. So how much of a push are we getting from these big guys? I think Dalton Reisner's done considerably much better this year than he did last year. Lloyd Cushenberry, I think, has improved marginally. I mean, it's... I'd like to see a lot more, but you've got to do something. You've got to set things up. Hackett knows this. And I just wish that he would take more of the head coaching role and less of the play caller. But then you look over to the same problem, different face with Justin Outen. Um, Kyle Shanahan's answer in a press conference today was pretty interesting when he had talked about Nathaniel. Not He didn't talk about Nathaniel Hackett, but obviously Nathaniel Hackett was brought up saying, look, man, uh, all Nathaniel Hackett's problems, first year coach. Did you ever have those problems? And he's like, Man, there's all kinds of things you got to consider. You got to consider personnel groupings. You got to consider time of possession. You got to consider where you're at on the field. You got to consider all these different things and then a million different things I never would have thought of. So I'm wondering just a little bit are the Niners a future version of the Broncos? I mean, they, they've got the same coaching roots if you will they're trying to invest in pass rushers no bosa is not randy gregory or chubb he is much better 10 out of 10 times uh but the styles should be somewhat similar what say you uh, i think obviously shanahan has much more skins on the wall when it comes to the play calling going on uh you obviously know what you're getting with a shanahan offense where nathaniel hackett has had played in multiple schemes and uh, this, you know, brand new offense we've never seen before with uh, Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett coming together. It's getting a lot of yards, but it's not getting a lot of points. The Broncos so far this season, number one in yards per drive at uh, 45.28, but 18th in points per drive. And I think they are, let's see, touchdowns per drive, 27th. So small sample size, of course. You got to clean up the, the red zone there. But biggest difference here is I think you're seeing a lot more shot plays with uh, Russell Wilson type of offense when you have a guy like Corton Sutton and Kyle Shanahan specifically. Uh, and with Jimmy Garoppolo, they love to pelt or I guess pepper the middle of the field. And Russell Wilson just the, the crosser, the dig, it's it's not there. Um, and even not even I wouldn't even call it dink and dunk. It's like scheming guys open against linebackers over the middle of the field with a head of steam and then getting them in a position where they have to make one guy miss to get a lot of yards. And with Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, Brand, uh Debo Samuel, that's a scary proposition. So I think it's a little bit different uh, in terms of the offense, the defense. 
Broncos secondary is just so much better. <laughs> the 49ers have built with that front seven. Great front seven. Even traded DeForest Buckner away. We haven't even talked about Javon Kinlaw, who's had a really good first two weeks this season, former first-round pick. Uh, but built slightly, uh, slightly different. But teams that I think how they're built this season, if they're going to be true to themselves and how they best are winning so far, the run game opening up the play action, deep passes, taking your shots when you time them right, and a defense that's getting after the quarterback and taking the ball away. Our guy Ernie Mays is always in there. Boo, the 49ers. Absolutely love it, Ernie. Appreciate all your support, buddy. Thank you so much for riding with MHI. Um, <laughs> and our guy Dom, the Chargers. I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, man, this this division is there for the taking. Kansas City is going to do what they do, and they're going to continue to play good football. Uh, but is this team going to pop off? That was a question that was asked earlier. I think that's, that's relevant because – People want to see touchdowns. People want to see highlight reels. People want these players to get awards, right? You want Russell Wilson to be the representative of your team and the MVP of the NFL, taking your team to the Super Bowl. Uh, this stuff is going to take time. I know nobody wants to hear that. I don't want to hear it either, but we're seeing it in live time. There's so much unknown across the board. And when you look at it, I think that people ultimately fear change. I know I do like it's one of these things. I'm going to go to physical therapy tomorrow. And if my occupational therapist throws me a new exercise, I'm going to have a little bit of apprehension about it. Hey, can I do that? I'm not so sure. But once trust is developed internally, I think you start to see things going at least in the right direction. That's what we have an opportunity. We being the Denver Broncos against the San Francisco 49ers. If you slow things down, put one foot in front of the other, that trust becomes solidified a little bit more. And let's just get back to basics. Uh, that's something I'm wondering about with George Payton. George Payton's telling Nathaniel Hackett, maybe, I don't know, paralysis by analysis. Like, dude, you know this game. You've known this game your whole life. You're Paul Hackett's son for crying out loud. This game is not too big for Nathaniel Hackett. Yes, he's made boneheaded decisions, but I reserve to the right to see this man have a week three game. I am not calling for his head, not anywhere close. He just needs to come out and take charge. I know that you really want, you brought Russell Wilson in here. You want to make Russell Wilson happy. Uh, you want to make your team happy. You want to be getting style points and everything. Football's a simple game though, for simple folks like us, Luke, you and I, simple guys. Uh, go out there and <laughs> if you're bigger, faster, stronger, beat the hell out of them and do with do what's working. You know, set them up, but you got to this place. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Uh, you know what you're doing there. So I think he just needs to kind of calm down, breathe and trust what he's done to gotten there. And a lot of people, you know, the Broncos just hired Nathaniel Hackett to lure in Aaron Rodgers. You know, maybe that's a benefit of bringing him, but I don't think they're just hiring Nathaniel Hackett off the off chance that a player who's on a different team under contract to come in, who is what, 37 years old. Uh, if that's the case, then I have a lot of questions about George Payton's uh, long-term thing there. Obviously getting the quarterback is number one, but you cannot do that when it's not a guarantee out there either. You have to be okay with that quarterback outside of that. So we'll see. And I'm talking about Ben. So referencing Ben Solak's piece over there on the ringer today, which uh, a lot triggered of me. And I, triggered me I, all I, afternoon. When you said, when you said that to me, I was like, Oh, yeah. I got me so angry, but it was a good reading piece. Yeah. It was a really, it was a really good article. And it holds a lot of relevance because these are the conversations happening right now saying Broncos country is essentially saying, what the hell? Like, that's kind of with a question mark, you know, and it's yeah. okay to say that. I really like Ben Solak's work. He's done a good job uh, for a number of years for different sites. And I think he's got a good football eye, a lot of pontification 
in that article and not a lot of sources. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out there. Todd Ostendorf, time will tell if it's some knee jerk reaction after two games. Absolutely. And we keep showing Chase up here. Chase $2. If Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler don't play, who is Russ's number two guy? Good question, Chase. Hope you're well, buddy. No, I'm going to take yeah. this one right away and just clown on everybody. Eric Saubert. Eric oh. Saubert. I don't know if you oh. saw. Yeah, I don't know if you saw our guy, uh, Seth. He used to work with the Broncos from PR. Yeah. He he placed the bet, man. And I think he cashed out like 500 bucks on Saubert with that touchdown last yeah. weekend. I don't know. That's a really good question. Who is the number two? I would say the tight end room in general. You're seeing a, a really bizarre usage of them in week one and then week two, eh, sporadic and all these sorts of things. I don't like it. I want to see a defined number one. There's also a question in there. Hey, man, can we trust Alberto? I don't know. Can we start throwing him the ball? Let's start seeing some of these things. I I think he's still just a little bit too young, but we have to see Gregory Vendeland. Appreciate you so much. What a generous super chat. Yeah. $49.99 helping us keep the lights on Greg. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And Gregory with a flying elbow smash. Let's get that off. Uh, get that out there before Sunday Broncos. Main don't need to be doing that against the 49ers. The number two option here. I'm going to say it's the running backs in general. It's something we talked about all off season narrative wise. If anybody should know how to play uh, to scheme open, thank you so much, Gregory. If anybody in the NFL should know how to play with just one wide receiver, it's Nathaniel Hackett last year with Devontae Adams and a bunch of question marks. I mean, their number two and number five target players last year, I believe, were both running backs and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. You got, you know, I know that you like to disparage Melvin Gordon a bit. Uh, last, he's had me pulling my hair out last yep. week uh, with the penalty. God, Bless it. He's horrible. Do that. He's freaking horrible. Are you an it. asset or a liability? He's horrible. Asset or a liability? Both. He's horrible. And, it's, it's shades of gray. He, he, needs to, <laughs> he needs to step up. Um, and he needs not they make all a play need like to step that. Up. And you know who else yeah. needs to step up? Javante Williams, because you're talking about it too, man. I mean, yeah. Javante has had a history of dropping the ball. And it pisses yeah. me off because we can't have it. And Nick D is saying, I had to get this from Nick D. Tyree is a ball dropper. I had some mental errors, but I think he had some good moments as well. It's just who's going to be that number two guy. That is an excellent question, Chase. And I don't have that answer. You have so many resources. We just talked about other receivers. We talked about the tight end room and we're talking about the running back room. And we haven't even brought up Mike Boone. I see our guy, Michael yeah. Ranquillo in here saying, why can't my guy, Mike Boone, get some reps? I don't know. I don't know why Mike Boone, you know why? Because none of the other running backs are getting reps either. Javante Williams doesn't get any more reps. Melvin Gordon doesn't get any more reps. This team has got to run the ball. I think that will allow Hackett to calm the F down a little bit. Relax. When you see Javante Williams pounding the rock 6.7 yards, that's going to make me feel good. It's going to make you feel good. Should make your offensive coordinator feel really good up there because it opens things up. It allows Russ to play with coverages. And I think it'll settle Russ down because if we're being honest, we get back to that my whole thing about people fear change. I think that we're seeing Russ come to a new stadium, come to a new city and things. He looks a little nervous to me out there. He doesn't look like the moment's too big. It doesn't look like this is something he's never done. But I mean, I just try to put myself in his shoes and I could see the human element. Yeah, absolutely. And we got the boogie master coming in here. Don't Ooh. mess with the boogie master, boogie meister. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, that's great. Uh, saying I watch sports shows every morning and to hear everyone writing us off after two games makes me sick. Give us a bit to get going. Hashtag stop the penalties. Hashtag stop the penalties. Hashtag score in the red zone. It's not going to be as easy all season to march the football down the field. You got to capitalize when you are in the gold zone. Let's call it the platinum zone. Five yards to go. You got to be coming away with touchdowns to be 0 for 6 so far in goal. Is it red zone or goal line situations? Either way, 
uh, both horrible. It's both, dude. I mean, Bad. and I want to ask yeah. you that. And Boogie, I, I'd, I'd like you to get in there as, as well because that's a really good point. I mean, everybody is writing the Broncos off right now after two weeks. They're one and one. We're going to see if they can get a winning record this week. And if they don't, you know what? It's not going to be the worst thing either. But you need to see improvement. That's what Broncos country mm-hmm. wants. We, we can't be going backwards. We can't be stepping lateral. You need to see improvement now. And I'll ask you, what do you think the conversation's like in the headset? You got Nathaniel Hackett, who's going to ultimately sign off on the play. You're on the goal line. You're at the one in Seattle before you fumble both times. Uh, is Justin Outen screaming, hey, I think we can run the ball? Or see another one of those guys saying, no, I'd like us to pass the ball too, and you've got two pass-happy coaches. I'd like there to be a little conflict there, uh, somewhat of a, a nuance, if you will, because there needs to be variety. And right now, Broncos country's not seeing it. You're seeing a one-sided, throwing team that's not doing a great job. I, Andrew Baker first coming in saying, got to get Luke's game outlook and prediction before uh, for Sunday's game since we don't see him until next Wednesday. We'll get that on the way out the door, no doubt. Next, Drew. The Broncos last week were not targeting the wide receivers almost at all. And this week it was almost exclusively wide receivers. Last week was tight ends and running backs getting the ball like crazy. This week it was wide receivers getting the ball like crazy. Almost felt like they had, last week, two red zone uh, runs. This week, no red zone runs. I feel like it's almost a little bit too Jacqueline and Hyde. Uh, you don't have to overcorrect in there. You ha- should have, you know what you want to do. You practiced it all week. Uh, don't get too cute. Um, trust your players as NFL. And at some point, if you want to pull out your bag of tricks, you know, that's f- fine. You can't have Cam Fleming uh, biffing the play like he did in that uh, Andrew Beck uh, option play. But, uh, you know, I think right now it's almost an overcorrection out there uh, for some things week to week where you just got to trust what's working. And especially when it's the run game, the Broncos, when you're winning the run game, you don't have to be super cute about it. It's a, I'm beating you at the point of attack. Here's what I'm doing. Come and stop it. And at that point, that's when you throw the, the counter punch out there or even a counter run, um, show them something different where the linebackers are floating one way, not the other. And it's going to be Broncos going to have to really, uh, stick to their guns this week against the 49ers with length monsters. And, you know, Eric Armstead, uh, Javon Kinlaw, one of the best line, the best linebacker in football for my money, yeah. a best coverage Hands linebacker down. in football. And Fred Warner, I think Micah Parsons is the best in football, but he's best because he's an edge rusher uh, right. more than in a second level well, player. He's got those pelts on the wall, like you referenced yeah. earlier with Kyle. Gal, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things, man. I mean, like, I love him. Who doesn't? I mean, he, Micah Parsons is a freaking stud. But, yeah, it's this. you're going to see some players on the San Francisco defense this week, and yeah. the Broncos offense better come with it. Zebulon, what's up? Haven't heard from you in a little bit. Jalen Virgil's name has been in the chat, Nick, so I had to get to Zebulon's comment here. Jalen Virgil has elite speed and good size. I mean, is this one of these things where the Broncos, if you're Russell Wilson, maybe you should stop with the novelty of who who am I going to designate to be my number two and just go with something new, go with something natural, uh, spread things out, maybe go to an unlikely target like they did with Kendall Hinton at least a couple reps last week. Or uh, what do you what do you think about Jalen Virgil, his usage, and if Russell Wilson should get him the ball? I mean, he's a rookie, and I know that he had really good track speed coming out of school, but I think he ran a four, four, five or something at Appalachian States pro day, which is not blazing for NFL standards. Uh, so he's still, you know, a good speed player with good size, but still kind of figuring it out as well. Uh, so, I mean, heck, what do you really have to lose at this point? If Jerry Judy is out this week, Jerry, uh, Jalen Virgil should be active and should get a chance out there because mm-hmm. I think last week they had kind of went with Tyree Cleveland out of necessity because they didn't have Jalen Virgil active, uh, at least, I, if I'm not mistaken on that one. So maybe you see Jalen Virgil get a bit more chance this week if Jerry Judy is inactive for, you know, one or two weeks. Uh, but we'll see. Um, 
again, it's one of those things where I really like Jalen Virgil two years ago, coming out looking for some speed options for the Broncos and uh, didn't really ever take that next step at Appalachian state, but don't want to write him off because I did that saying, Oh, there's no way he's going to make the 53 made the damn 53 right. stuck around. It wasn't just a procedural move. So I'm, we'll I'm right happens. here. I'm right here with the Kendall Hinton thing, baby. I mean, I was like, dude, I don't see it. That cute story time to go. I mean, the guy is like a bad penny. You can't get rid of him. Uh, maybe I, I think I want to examine something real quick as we start to wrap up the show that you just said about rookies. Montreal, Washington, I think has been a little over, overwhelmed in his, his first action, at least the first two weeks. I don't think he's screwed up necessarily a ton, but man, some of those decisions on kickoff, just let it go, baby, or, or, or kneel it down something. You're seeing these rookie moments and for Russ to go to a rookie right away randomly, I think would feel a little irresponsible, but I think Russ ultimately knows you've got to win football games by any means necessary. And that doesn't matter if it's some guy who's just going to come off the street and start playing for you. I mean, no one feels bad for you because there are injuries in the NFL period you look at the San Francisco 49ers and they're probably one of the only teams that are not necessarily happy that their starting quarterback got injured but they're prepared and uh, that is something that you've got to respect and I think Broncos country is looking at this Niners team and that emotion is there the Shanahan's are there and I can already tell you Nick you know it as well as I do that's going to be swirling around twitter man broncos should have got kyle shanahan instead of vance joseph maybe he'd still be here mike should have still been here you can't live in the what ifs you can't live in the past you've got to embrace this week three you've got to embrace hack it you, you got to just give them a little bit more time and based on the things that i'm hearing no one's splintering in that locker room that's something different the last six years you you at least have an internal group of guys that are believing in the same thing they've bought in yeah yeah, I hope that they continue to be bought in, but uh, we'll see how it plays out here for the Broncos as we start to wrap up on here. Tough game coming up. Michaela Israel coming in saying, good evening, guys. I'm choosing to have some faith. I believe this week we'll see major improvement. There's still going to be some issues this week, and guess what? There'll be issues the week after that, and there'll be issues the week after that, but that's just, issues you know, at the Super Bowl. Yep. I mean, heck, that's that's true. Well, there's always things to nitpick. I mean, even during the Broncos killing teams in 2013 we we're complaining about the offensive line or is this sustainable with the run game defense is kind of falling apart you know th there's always stuff to talk about here it's just different levels and degrees of how important it is and right now the biggest question is answered quarterback you have one what degree of elite is he we're going to figure out as the season goes along but yep broncos need to clean some things up and just based on probability of historical precedent right like there's no way they're going to continue the fall starts the same there's no way the fumble luck's going to continue to be this poor there's no way the red zone stuff is going to continue to be this poor if it is then sound the red red flag because somebody is <laughs> effing up big time because the, there's there's a always oh, a first-time head coach everybody's been a first-time head coach like this we are seeing historic numbers through two games small sample size uh but if it continues you know six games down the line somebody needs to be accountable Back in the day, the Broncos running backs used to have to carry around blue footballs and uh, when they when they would fumble. And so they were literally blue balling it. Maybe Tyrone Wheatley needs to get some blue footballs, man. Maybe you can got to stop the drops. You got to stop the fumbles. Both backs. I mean, Mike Boone, let's get a little love. But I'm not I'm not necessarily like, man, Mike Boone's going to be the solution to our our answers either. Special teams. When are you going to wake up, man? This coach, we absolutely love this coach. We've been I've been writing about everybody's been writing about him and how great he is and how he's going to truly change the culture of the special teams unit. Special teams units sucked. 
and it's continued to suck. Now, I'm not, I don't know, I don't go into different grades of, man, this is a really bad level of suck last year, and it's gotten just a little bit better of suck this year. No, it's bad. It's been bad across the board. I don't know what needs to change. Guys need to be ready to get out there when it's time for your unit. The boneheaded plays have got to stop. And if you're a veteran player, you need to start executing some of that vision. And I'm talking to the, the guys like Kareem Jackson on the team, man. Yeah, you're a thumper, but be responsible with those hits. We can't afford any more penalties. Hockley will get you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, specifically, I don't want to get too nerdy here, but I've been exceedingly disappointed in punt coverage. I mean, the Broncos have yeah. the ball for the Broncos having the most yards uh, per, per God, I closed the tab here, uh, but for the Broncos having the most yards per drive in football. And I, some of that is, you know, not finishing in the red zone, blah, blah, blah. But that's, you know, you're still getting pretty far down there. The defense, I think, has not had the best starting field position. I think they're pretty close to league average. And that's not the Broncos turning the ball over in plus territory. It's the punt unit, not capitalizing. I mean, how many times last week was it not even close for downing the football? Just you no know, gunners aren't down there. Not good at hang time on the punts. Jammed bad block line. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the the punt coverage team has been bad uh, so far, and that's something. If, like, if the Broncos are going to beat the 49ers this week, you know what they're going to have to do? They're going to have to put the 49ers in their, their own 10 yard line and make them march the ball 90 plays down the field because. The 49ers are going to have a hard time getting chunk yards, uh, you know, ex- the super explosive plays of 30 plus yard pass plays, and they'll have to earn it. But if you are giving them the ball at the 30 versus the 10 consistently, it's going to be a whole heck of a lot easier for them. So I've been I'm not being too, you know, coachy here, but like the special teams punt coverage units have been exceedingly disappointing uh, for me so far this season. Man, my hat's off to you, Nick, because that tells me you actually watch the special teams on film. I do not. I just go whoop, fast forward right through that. Uh, no, it's been bad, period. And it needs to be cleaned up. I don't know. You don't see yelling and screaming down there. I mean, you see some animation, I guess. But I think the biggest thing that Broncos country is tired of is um, being complacent. I mean, you, they want, we want immediate results. We expect wins. And Look, if the Broncos lose on Sunday night football, it's going to be embarrassing because it's two out of the last three weeks on national TV that the Broncos have lost games, period. But the way you play this game, are you taking these tiny steps to improve? Uh, It's so early at the party right now. You don't want to necessarily judge the party. You don't know if you want to leave. You don't know if you want to stay. So you're kind of lingering a little bit. That's where we're at in week three. Uh, Right now, if I'm going to give you my prediction, I've got the Niners winning by a last-minute field goal. I think this Mm. is going to be an exciting football game. I think Sunday night football is going to be super pumped to have the Broncos and the Niners. I think that stadium is going to be rocking on Sunday night. When's the last time you could say that? The Broncos rocking on Sunday night at home in the Mile High City. But I think it's going to be one of these weird situations where the Niners ultimately get Robbie Gold down there close to the red zone or something like that, and he nails one for him. 27-24, San Francisco. I think Broncos are going to a close one, but I'll save that prediction for a little bit later. Uh, I think it's going to be low scoring. I'm taking the hammering the under on this one. But uh, Luke, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I think we got to go over a little bit of matters of business here uh, with the – Broncos, gosh, where is it? The bookmarks here. I got the bookmarks somewhere. The Broncos have an injury report. Um, what do you have going on? Or what are your thoughts here, Luke? Let me stall for me while I'm looking this up. For the injury report? Or you want the yeah, practice yeah. report? I got that. The practice, yes. Yeah, so today when you're looking at the do not practice, obviously the biggest concern, our first round picks from Alabama. Jerry, Judy, Pastor Tan, what is going on with those shoulders? Well, they did not practice today. It sounds like there is some optimism, questionable day-to-day on whether or not they're going to play. Randy Gregory was also held out of practice along with his defensive line teammate, DJ Jones. 
Quinn Miners continues to rehab with a with a hamstring, and then Darius Phillips was held out with a did not practice. And then good news, Broncos country, the outlaw Josie Jewell, Nick's Bay is back at practice, which is great because the Broncos need him and they need him now. He was limited along with wide receiver KJ Hamler and safety Caden Stearns. The guys that practiced in full today, offensive tackle Billy Turner, cornerback K1 Williams. Remember, this is a comeback game for K1 Williams and the big boy Jones with that barbecue sauce, baby. Because, yeah, that would be nice to see Big Boy eat against his former team, DJ Jones. Yep, absolutely. That would be great to see. But uh, we appreciate everybody coming in here today as we wrap on up. Again, make sure you're checking out my bookie with our code Wilson22. But that's going to have to do it for us unless we got any last-minute Super Chats come in. But uh, I'll start doing the wind down here just in case, give you guys a chance. But uh, make sure you're following Luke and I on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Patterson LP, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at MHI underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, please subscribe, like, and share to us over on YouTube. Click that bell icon. So that way, you know, when we go live, we appreciate everyone joining us today on this Wednesday. Uh, Thanks Luke for joining us today. I will be out next Wednesday, barring some unforeseen circumstances. Uh, I guess, no, I will be out because you got Thomas coming in, filling in for me next Wednesday. So that'll be great. Hopefully you guys will get a chance to talk about a Broncos win and running into what is it, the week four matchup at Las Vegas. Is that, am I don't want to look ahead past the 49ers, but is that the week four matchup? Mm, I don't know if I'm going to be honest. Cause I, yeah, I don't want to look past the Niners either. Uh, <laughs> that schedule, get out that little schedule out there in everybody's wallet. And there it is. Garth Knight coming in with the, the buzzer beater, $5 super. Appreciate you so much, Garth. MHI. Nice work. You two, you mean you three with Scott and let's ride. Appreciate you so much, Garth. You've been super active in the chat tonight, uh, man, 200 eyes on us tonight, pretty much all night. It's been absolutely awesome. Uh, be sure to get at Nick once again, at Nick Kendall, MHH. If you want to reach out to Scott, of course you can reach their show in the morning at Scott kennedy um you're truly at luke patterson lp head on over to the mothership at mile high huddle on twitter milehighhuddle.com and we will rock with you guys here in the near future again it'll be thomas and i next wednesday night we're gonna throw it down absolutely love thomas host of legends of mile high um you could see what every friday morning i believe so be sure to stay tuned here to mhh and what else we got going on nick i mean sunday night football baby here we go i've been waiting all day for sunday night Wow, you should go platinum. With you that like one. that? I that know. But, uh, no, make sure you guys are reaching out to Chad on Twitter as well because the meet and greet's <laughs> going to be happening here. Scott's going to be there. A bunch of guys are going to be there. I will not be. I got some family coming to town. Uh, but uh, make sure you guys are reaching out to Scott, Chad, uh, Eric, Lance, Carl, uh, Luke. Prob- Luke. I don't know. Luke's on the D. Uh, I know nothing right about. Now. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of on the pup list. I don't know anything about the meet and greet, but I'm I'm here, man. I'm here. Let's do it. Let's party. Yeah. Let's uh let's watch these Broncos. It's so cool to interact with the MHH uh, super chat super fans. And the Broncos got a chance to win because Nick is not going to be there. Thank God. And Patrick, shout out to Patrick again. Lion <laughs> Coffee, appreciate you, buddy. Um, took some into work today. Somebody's like, that smells good. It's like wine coffee from Hawaii. Like, oh my gosh, awesome. Like so, like he lime, lion. Like Royal Lion. Oh, okay. Royal Lion Coffee. Pretty great. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, we appreciate you guys. Come to Hawaii. Definitely at some point, uh, my wife and I really want to go. Uh, Well, don't worry, Patrick. If I come, we'll definitely meet up. Uh, But thank you guys so much. You guys have a great rest of your day. I hope you had a good hump day. Going to get better here for Hacking the Broncos. I have no doubt about that. But until then, make sure, unlike the national media, you're choosing kindness and compassion. (laughs) Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. 
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.